that we need to um we're more educated or at least we're more aware of it than we were back then in so many ways but what are we doing with the knowledge that we have now i don't i don't know we uh, we don't want to hear man we start talking about it they want to go do something else they don't want to hear the truth because the truth is too hard to take you know what has happened here is they used the television and the motion picture industry to turn us into the baddest guys on the planet. We're the worst thing that exists. Every time you hear the music go, you see this dark monster coming. Every time something's bad, it's dark. So now that's us. So now we've been turned into this thing that nobody wants to associate with. They want to get rid of us. They did this to the Jews in Germany. You know, uh, I can't go into the details because it would take too much time. But the fact of the matter is, is we've been turned into this thing that we're not. We're everything but what it. We're not the evil ones. Hmm. We're not. We're not the evil people. We're some humble people. You couldn't have brought us all over your own ships and, and enslaved us for four hundred years if we were. Yeah. So. And um, yeah. the nicest, but we, nicest people you can meet is right in Clark. Yeah. They're all in the Mississippi and in the South. It's one of the most humblest, sweetest people you ever want to meet. Yeah, but you know, some we, we've been we've been seeing this other stuff so bad on the screen to now we hate each other, that and is. now we want to kill ourselves, and that's what we're doing. The young people ain't got no more sense. They don't understand what we've been through or what. They don't know nothing about black and proud. They don't know nothing about the, what we went through in the 60s. They just out there trying to sell some dope and kill each other and take some territory. And none of them own any inch of the territory. So we we got a real problem to, to unravel all of that. It's, it's going to be a hell of a job. I don't think we can do it, man. But the, the thing is, like I was saying, Charles, is that we just first have to get our head out of the sand and stop being so ignorant on so many things. Um, you know, um, even some of the wisest people, of course, like, you know, so, um, the, the Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's, um, Sam Cooks, you know, people who were aware of Muhammad Ali's, um, you know, they were aware of Jim Brown's of so many things that were going on. But the problem was that they didn't have enough smart people around them who were um, on the same team to be able to push forward and uh, help with the cause. But we, you know, with social media and so much awareness that we have right now, we should be able to fight this fight better than what we're doing opposed to fighting each other. What do you think? I think that, you know, every race on the planet got a place where they came from, from Italy, Italians, Ireland, Irish, England, English. Everybody is proud of who they of their roots and where they came from. We, on the other hand, can't be proud because we were picked up and brought over here on a ship and forced to work for hundreds of years, and we have no pride. We don't, you know, there's a song called uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing with the Negro National Anthem, and the last verse in that song, we sing it so long till we never get to that verse. And the one thing that man says in that song that we should be here is be true to your native land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We never hear that and we never do that. I'm proud to be an African. 
I'm proud to be black. I mean, why would it? Let me ask you a question about that, uh, Mr. Wright, as you mentioned that. It's very interesting. Now, um, okay, Africa is a continent that has Arabs, it has Egyptians on it, Iranians, and it has, um, you know, blacks on it. Now, my question is, uh, when they came up with deciding to call um, blacks African Americans, I didn't think that was fitting because um, Morocco is on Africa, um, Egyptian is African, um, and there's many others, but they don't call them African Americans. It's only the blacks that they call African Americans. I just thought that wasn't fitting, even though we're not black per se. I mean, very few black people really are the color black. But did you feel? I'm like black as I can be. <laughs> but my question, though, is, my question is: Did you see? Did you? Did you? Do you prefer to be called a black American or an African American? Uh, you know, I, that's a good question. I don't know how to answer that question. I I don't know if I, I'm even American. Now, you know, I have a friend called Oscar Brown Jr. Uh, Oscar. He used he he never would pay taxes, and the reason he wouldn't pay taxes is because of the Dred Scott decision, mm-hmm. and uh, it was said that we were only three fifths of a human being. Correct. Okay, and on that basis, he refused to pay taxes. You know what? They wouldn't attack him. They wouldn't do nothing because it, it opened up can worms, and we and none of us would have to pay no taxes. Wow. Yeah. My question, so, my question to Charles: Why is it? I mean, I was I was surprised that um, Obama didn't get that change while he was in office at the um, on the um, Declaration of Independence because he has the power to do it. Um, to me, he was, he was very great as a president. He couldn't do as much as he wanted to do because of all the racism he had to deal with. If he wanted to just make a law where um, they could have better safety belts in cars, the Republicans would just reject it just because it was him, you know, trying to get that law pushed, even if it was going to benefit people. And, and so what good was it, was it for us to have him as a president, after, especially if you look at the aftermath of what's going on now? What good is it to us to have him as a president if he couldn't get nothing done? Well, well you know, the thing is that um, his intention was to do that, but it's just the fact that... I don't know if it was, but I'm not going to argue with you on that point. But, but the, the fact of the matter, though, is he didn't get nothing done. And as a matter of fact, he was like a front. Like, I hate to say Nelson Mandela. You know, what about Mandela? Well, he could he couldn't look at the, what the condition of the people in South Africa are in today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, look who's got the gold. Mm-hmm. Look who's in charge of the, of the mines. I mean, ain't nothing changed really. So I mean, uh, what good does it do to have a president? When I heard Botha, you know who Botha is, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard Bolton say, we love Mandela. He, he, he never gets in the way. He's just a good statesman. I heard him say that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that means he's a front. Now, now, uh, so, now, now, Mr. Rice, have you ever been to um, Africa in all your years? 
No, I haven't, man. I want to, but I don't know if I'm going to go at this point in my life. I've got to be my age, and I, I don't want to get no shots. I don't want to give me no, no vaccines. Speaking of vaccines, there's a site that everybody needs to look at on, on YouTube. It's all over goddamn. All over the web, it's called the the science agenda to exterminate blacks. Yes, and that's that's I want to make sure I, I post that so people can check it out. What's the name of the website? The science agenda to exterminate blacks. Okay. okay. And here's a white man who's telling us exactly what's going on. We need to check it out. Definitely check it out. It will be posted on the screen. Um, check it out. We can see exactly. And I hope you all um, tune in to what this, this wisdom and this profound insight that Mr. Charles Wright has given us this morning. Um, Charles, when we come back from this commercial break, this last commercial break, we want to talk about your hit, Express Yourself, as well as what you have coming up in the very near future. I'm sure I will be right back. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sherrard Show. I'm having a wonderful conversation with the iconic musician um, and the hit maker, uh, Mr. Charles Wright. Very insightful. If you missed the last segment of the show, we were um, speaking about um, the situation that happened with Mr. George Floyd's tragic tragedy, as well as um, what's the difference between, or if there is any difference, between what's the racism in the year when he started, opposed to now in terms of police brutality, and uh, Mr. Wright was this, this sharing a story about him um, in Los Angeles, out here in Los Angeles at the age of about 20, being um, attacked as a youngster um, by a police uh, that was eight, That was just as I turned 18 when that happened. 18, I'm sorry, I stand corrected, at 18 years old. Just turned 18. In California. Now, are you, uh, do you hold a lot of uh, bitterness or resentment from the things that have happened to you? Or, or how, do you how do you deal with it um, in this day and age now? I don't hold no bitterness. I mean, that only hurt me. But I'm a, I, I've remained aware of where I am, who I am, and where I come from, and what my people are going through. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we, we were speaking about um, this, like one of the um, it, it, quick story. You know, I'm um, originally from Chicago, and um, I've you know been friends with Her- the late great Herb Kent. He was a um, really big time uh, disc jockey for almost 60 years. Um, in good man. Very good man. And he was responsible for a lot of artists getting their big break, black artists getting their big break, just by going against the grain and playing their music um, on his station, such as uh, Bobby Womack, the Shy Lights, um, the Delphonics, so many people. Uh, he's responsible for that. And he used to always play your song, Express Yourself, on his um, <laughs> right before his Battle of the Best um, on Sunday. Yeah. So I love um, I love that song. Tell me the inspiration behind that song, Express Yourself. You know, I, we had a huge song called Do Your Thing. And uh, we were performing that one night at Texas A&M. And it comes to an abrupt end. It was the last song of the show. And when it ended, the kids kept clapping and stomping and 
clapping and stumping. And only God made me say it because I don't know what else made me say I said, express yourself. They went crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I said a couple of other times, they reacted the same way. So I said, shoot. I went to my, tell me to my hotel that night and took a pencil and paper and started writing. And then I got on a plane the next day. And by the time I got off the plane, I had finished the words. And I came home and started working on the bass line, the guitar line. And I got all that down on tape. And I called Ben in. And uh, I had this one guy, Al McKay, you know who that is? I've heard of him. Yeah, he played guitar words when fire. I taught him everything you know. He was in my band. But he uh, he wouldn't play it right, so I took the bass player and the drummer one Sunday afternoon and went in and called the engineer and went in and did the track. I came back and I played it for the horn players to play their part, and they didn't want to play on it. They didn't like it. So it was a piece of junk. So I threatened them to go back and get some of my old studio friends, and they'll be glad to play it, and they grumbled, and they played it. Then I took it to the president you know, of the record. You know, you know, Charles, I just didn't mean to cut you off, but you know, this, this that particular hit song was, a, was another soundtrack of a lot of movies, and it was more like an anthem, especially for the era, because it was, for the way I took it, even in the 70s when I heard it, was um, first heard it, I thought of it as an anthem to express yourself and how you really felt about things, not holding things back. Is that Was that your intention when you wrote it? Absolutely, but nobody liked it. I'm telling you, nobody liked it. The president wow. of the record company, the president of the company told me not to put it out. I went first. Dis, we was working at a disc jockey's club in Detroit when it came out. I gave him a copy. He went in his office, came out, and said, "Man, you made a mistake this time." I mean, nobody liked it, but what I knew what it was. I don't know. I guess it was something like they hadn't heard before. I don't know. But anyway, it's in right now. It's in about uh, seven, eight commercials around the world right now. Yeah, it sure is. I, I hear it all the time still. And what year was this Was this song uh, made a hit? 1970. Now, you know, um, this is one. And when I first heard it, it was very interesting because um, Curtis Mayfield was known for writing songs that were uh, – um, uh, a genre music that was for the time. Um, yeah. So when I heard it, I thought it was something that he had written way back then because it was something that I'm sure if he heard it, he would have loved it, which he, I'm sure he did like it when he first heard it because it's, it's his kind of style of music, don't you think? I never thought of that. I don't know. Okay. And I'm a Curtis Mayfield fan and the Impressions fan. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And um and you know it's it's, it's amazing because um that you know a lot of the a lot of the biggest hits for black people back then was music it was music written about a time you know what they were going through um because you yeah. spoke about the time okay I got two more yeah. questions for you Charles um I'll, I'll let you go ahead and finish what you said I'm sorry no go on I'm, I'm I'm with you okay now um music today and the music from your time now, I mean just set this up um. For example, you know, music in your day, you see a young lady that you like, you maybe can't express how you feel, 
So you put on some Johnny Mathis, you put on some Otis Redding, and let her listen to it, and it explains how you really feel about her. And she gets it, because the music was about singing to women instead of about women. What yeah. is the biggest difference you notice about music now, opposed to your era when you were growing up? First place, my friend, and I'm going to do a, a something on this, too. It's not music. It's it's an assimilation of music. The, they, you can't uh, you can't make soul music using a metronome because that's all they're using an electrical metronome. They turn the metronome on, click, 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 and they start playing the piano with it, and a guitar or whatever with it, and they build up a track with instruments on it. But the track can't go nowhere. The groove can't move because that thing is so stiff, and it's really very bad for the neighborhood. It's it's taking the it's taking the feeling out of black people I because it, there's no feeling in the music, and they and since there's nothing, the music has nothing going. They have to say all kind of stupid and crazy things, and cuss words and call the women all out of their name just to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And people buy it, and you see them in their car sometimes, and they bobbing their heads because that's all they can do. They can't dance to it, and we are dancers. Mm-hmm. So they have really killed the spirit in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very unhealthy thing, and that's one of the reasons we're going backwards and we wear our pants down below the crack of our butts and calling each other niggas because we have lost what we always had. And the people that think they can stole it and gone with it, they got everything except for the spirit. But it, but it, what is missing on this planet now is good soulful music like we had in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the 80s, they killed it. Now, Just killed it. Now, would you say, Charles, that that's the reason why music like My Girl by The Temptations, um, you know, Smokey Robinson, Daylight, Darkness, so on and so forth. You Romantic. You can pop it into any genre and it'll still sound like it make, was when it was written 40 years ago. Is that about right? Yeah, make people feel good. That's the whole idea, man. Mm-hmm. There's a music supposed to make you feel a certain way. And this music makes you feel either afraid or uh, I don't know what what a bad emotion it doesn't bring up. And some of it got some loud boom. And let me tell you something. That electrical loud stuff that you hear when people driving in their car, boom, boom, that's bad for your heart. You won't live to be you said, you said, I want, uh, you said, who listens to that one? Only if you howl. You won't live to be fifty if you keep that up, because it it it's electrical signal. It's not real human beings playing it, and it's 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 building your heart muscle up so big till it's gonna bust. Wow, wow. Well, you know, my thing is, um, right. I love. I love your genre of music. Um, give me some Sam Cooke, Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, uh, Jesse Bevins. Um, Bevins um, you give me Otis Clay and 
all those great guys, Otis Redding, Smokey Robinson, so on. That music, you pop it in. I've taught my daughter how to, to appreciate that kind of music. It is phenomenal. And you can't even depict the year it came out because it sounds, sounds so good. It can just, you can drop it right in 2020 and it'll be a hit again. So yep. that's the, the era of music that I miss. And I, and I always make a joke, and I'm so glad to be honored to have, you, have had you on the show, is that I'm on a mission to bring back the doo-wop. Because the doo-wop was some of the greatest sounding music I've ever heard in my life. It ushered in the yeah ushered in the civil rights movement. Now now I put right now I'm just to put about fourteen songs. I call my music played by human beings, not by machines. And I, and I just put on Facebook fourteen new songs, and they're free of charge. I just want people who need. In this pandemic, I want them to be able to enjoy some real music. So, now, what, now, now, so where, can we, where can we find it and pull it up at? On my Facebook page. Is it Charles Wright? Just pull up Charles Wright, the musician? Yes, on my Facebook page or on Instagram or on some of it on YouTube. But, I mean, they got so much stuff on mine on YouTube, you won't be able to discern those from this one. From the, from these, but I got fourteen. I take some of my greatest songs right now, free of charge, on Facebook for anybody who wants to go there and check them out. And I'm very proud. Thank you so much for doing that for us, uh, Mr. Wright. Uh, please, everybody, tune in and check it out. Um, go to his Facebook page; it will be posted um, on the screen below, so you can all check out some free music and just bring back the greatness of music to make you feel good. Because I'll tell a quick story, um, but before I tell this story, let me just um, ask you a question, Mr. Wright. Where can we purchase your book up from where we up from where we've come? We need to know where we can be able to purchase that book. Go to Amazon. Amazon. Type in "Up from Where We've Come." by um, Mr. Charles Wright. You don't want to miss getting this book as well. And I'll just say, say this last thing and then um, I'll let you go. Uh, Mr. Wright, so when, when I was a kid and um, used to get up in the morning and get ready for school, um, my mom used to play a station called FM 100. And it was in Chicago. I don't know if it was anywhere else, but it was in Chicago. But, it had uh-huh. some of the, but what I would hear in the morning would be some of the greatest music by the Carpenters, the Three Degrees, Sam Cooke, Lou Rawls, um, Etta James, and as a kid, uh, I, I, was, I was born with a photographic memory, thank God, so I don't forget anything. But I, I, I um, was four years old, and my mom used to be braiding my sister's hair, getting ready for school and everything, but that music made me look at life as an innocent, beautiful place that I thought everybody was nice to everyone, and it made me, it had such an innocence to it that I never would feel, forget how great I felt hearing that music. Is that something that you can um, attest to? I did the same thing, man. Once I start, I, once I did start hearing the, the secular music, I went crazy. And and uh, my father, I couldn't play it in my house. So I had to go to other people's house or to my cousin's house to listen to it. I bought records. I used to walk around with a stack of records. <laughs> I, know, I know how you feel, man. I know how you feel because that's the feeling I got, man. I know that feeling. 
Oh, and, and I never wanted that feeling to go. And, you know, Charles, it's so funny to me because um, if I take one of your albums, if I take one of your 45s or 38s, okay, and play it on the record player, um, I like the way it sounds better on a record player than on a remastered CD because your the music in a, on a record player, it captures an era. It has a sound to it that you meant to have based upon the 60s and 70s when you wrote it. Is that correct? It's called analog. And this other stuff is called digital. Wow. You know. So that's why it's warmer. It's it's warmer because it's it's like tubes instead of transistors. Oh my goodness! Because when I pop in, if I want to pop in um um Curtis Mayfield's um music, you know, I can't. I gotta listen to it um the way it was he meant it for that time period, that sixties, that seventies, you know when he's talking about something, because all this extra stuff, you know, is trying to bring it up to a time where I don't want to be, because I want, I'm want i listening to it for that time. I want to feel that genre. I want to feel that genre. Tab, I don't want to be. That's a good phrase right there. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I love it. You know, and, it's, and for, for me, speaking to you, Mr. Wright has made my day, because you're a legend. You know, um, I have one of my really good friends, Mel Carter, and we oftentimes speak about times long before I was born. But I'm sitting here as a student just listening to everything he says because you don't understand. You know, I've read about you all in books, but to be able to have this television show that Lord blessed me with to speak to you all means everything to me because you line it up to everything that I've read about you in a book. So I'm very honored to have you on the show. Well, I appreciate it. I hope I live up to all of that you're talking about there. Even more so, Mr. Wright, even more so. And I thank you for being a guest on the show. And I thank you all um, for listening. And uh, definitely you want to check out a couple things. Um, Mr. Charles Wright, he is an icon. And check out his book. Please check out his book, Up From Where We Come. That's on Amazon. Also his music that's on Facebook. Just type in Charles Wright, the musician. Make sure you get the music. He's left um, free music that's going to depict um, a time and era and put you in a much better space as well as make you feel more pleasant and listen to some of the things that just make you feel combative for no reason. I'm Gerard. I hope you have a wonderful Saturday, um, and enjoy your day. Be safe. We'll see you in the next episode where we're going to have the iconic Lana Rawls on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you then.